Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 25,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then you can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's via text, chat, phone, or video call. You can message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions when it's convenient for you. If your therapist isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you, more scheduling flexibility, and at a more affordable price. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash musicspeaks. That's betterhelp.com slash musicspeaks for 10% off your first month. And thank you again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. If you're anything like me, free time is limited. So things like yard work are just not doable. And if you're also like me, you don't even own a lawnmower. That is why All Above Landscaping is the right choice. All Above includes a variety of options when it comes to your landscaping needs, including lawn installation, design, irrigation, debris removal, maintenance, and much more. If you're in the city of Sumter and you're looking for reliable service at a friendly price, give All Above Landscaping a call today. It's 803-464-7414. Mention that you heard this ad on this podcast and you'll get a special discount on your first service. Again, that's 803-464-7414. Call All Above Landscaping today. Like many of you, you, we battled depression during life's ups and downs. Music has always been the one thing that we could rely on to get us through the tough times that we all face. Follow us on our journey as we discuss the healing power of music, interview bands, break down genres, review band biographies, and more. This is the When Words Fail Music Speaks Podcast with Blake Mosley and James Cox. Hey everybody, welcome back to When Words Fail Music Speaks Podcast, uh, where we talk about how how music helps with depression and anxiety. We are so honored today to have a, another interview for you today. Um, but first, I'm going to introduce you, our new, newest member, Amanda Dolan. Uh, she's been with us Hi. for like a couple of weeks now, and she's great, great. So she's going to introduce our guest, and we're going to have a great time talking to him about what he does and, and his music. Yeah, thanks, James. I'm so excited to be part of this crew now. So we are here to talk to Dr. Dr. Wally Bartfate. He is currently a professor and a former associate dean of the Faculty of the Health Sciences at Ontario Tech University in Oshawa, I think I said that right, Ontario, Canada. He is affectionately known as the rock and roll prof by his students because he often plays his original songs uh, that he's written prior to the beginning of those lectures to create a vibe, get you know that energy up in the classroom. Um, his music has appeared on the Euro Indie Music Charts in the top 10, World Indie Music Charts top 15, and he has also conducted research related to the benefits of music therapy with patients who have Alzheimer's disease as well as other forms of dementia. So he's like all over the place, teaching people, creating music, and helping people live a better end of life. So that is awesome. Thank you, Wally, for being here with us. Hey, yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It's my, my pleasure to be here. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, first, I want to ask you some, some serious questions because um, I always, always stand because I'm curious about what artists like prefer, you know, for other artists. So I'm going to give you two artists and you tell me which one would you rather listen to right now. Okay. Okay. So you are a country artist and I love country. So I figured we can, we can have a great, great time with this. Okay. So I have, <laughs> okay. I have Patty, Patty Loveless or Reba McIntyre. Oh, probably Rita because uh, she's the queen of country and uh, she has so many, uh, you know, great hits. I, I I think just one after another. And it's just that history and that legacy and the volume of work. I mean, she's incredible. So, yeah. So it's 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 a tough choice, but I'll have to go with with Rita on, on that one for, for, for sure. 
Yeah, yeah. It's funny you said that she's queen of country because um, I asked another another art another guest I had on, and it, same thing. Reba is like the queen of queen of country right now. You know, well, queen of yeah. country forever. For, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, she's her great. and her and Dolly, right? Like the two of them. Yeah, are, yeah. Well, Dolly. Well, Dolly's history, you know, has has always been around for forever. We used to listen to Dolly going up to the cottage, my my parents' cottage. And uh, you know, it used to be on my my dad's old '68 Buick. On the he didn't have FM; he only had AM. But he but we used to have a country station driving up there, and it would be somehow Dolly was always on it. So that kind of brings back a lot of memories, you know. So yeah. yeah. Okay, so I have one more one more either this or that, um, Alabama or the Oak Ridge Boys. Because that's a oh, that's wow. tough. That's a really tough, que- que- oh, a tough yeah. question. Yeah, that's that's a real tough one. But I'll go with Alabama. So uh, yes. I'll go with Alabama. I love, <laughs> yeah. I love you for that because Alabama's my favorite band of all time on country. Yeah. Oh. Man, well, I used you, to you... listen to a lot about Alabama and uh, Eagles and Gordon Lightfoot in my, uh, you know, my during my tw- uh, teens and uh, early twenties. Uh, they were the bands that. Uh, uh, kind of inspired me, or you know, I listened to quite a bit. I also listened to um, a Canadian artist by the name of Gordon Lightfoot, passed away yeah, uh, a little while ago. Right. Uh, so uh, yeah, those were the guys that I, you know, but but Alabama, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah for sure. I've, <laughs> only, tough call. I've only seen them one time, and they put on a great show. I've 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 seen them fortunately with uh, with with Jeff was still there with them, but uh, but he passed away a couple years back, didn't he? Jeff, they feel yeah, Jeff, the guitarist. So, but mm-hmm. I'm glad to see him, you know. So, I'm, you know, so yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, so going to our first question for you, um, why did you? Oh, okay. So, I, so I know you're you're a country artist, and um, so why did you pick country all above all the other genres? Because there's so many great music out there. Why right, was yeah. Country? So when I, when I was growing up. Like I mentioned, we listened to a lot of country music, but I also listened to a lot of rock. So um, like the old classics, like Rolling Stones, mm-hmm. uh, Fleetwood Mac. My mom was a big fan of Tina Turner, uh, who also passed away recently. Uh, we used to watch a lot of her concerts on TV, and uh, she was a big Tina Turner fan. And uh, little Bruce Springsteen with, with his lyrics, I really loved as well. So I'm really like kind of like an Eric Church uh, kind of a country rock guy, you know, yeah. I, I kind of have a, that hybrid, uh, you know, I'm not one pure country or pure rock yeah. or whatever. I'm, I kind of mix, mix these different genres, but uh, I guess I'm, I'm more similar to like an Eric Church type. Uh, I know he identifies himself as, as country rock as well with, with, the, with those influences. So yeah, that's how I, that's how I would lab, lab, label my music. Yeah. Nice. Nice. It sounds like growing up country was like the right. Like you said, you drive in, out to your cottage with your yeah, parents. Well, why, so country why, was... yeah, why, yeah, why, why country? And and you know, c- country's always pure. It always tells a beautiful story. It has messages to say. It's very humbling. Um, there's not one person in the world who cannot love at least one country song, irregardless of what genre of music you're listening to nowadays. Everybody knows some country song out there. Uh, you, you know, it might be in the movies and you hear it on the radio. Uh, you know, you hear Luke Combs all the time and, and various, uh, you know, different types of radio stations as well. Um, you know, pop radio stations are playing Luke, Luke and, and Luke Bryan and the other, you know, the two Lukes. Uh, so, you know, there's people really like the lyrics and, and they can really connect with, with the lyrics. And that's what I try to do with with my my songs as well. Uh, the lyrics always tell a personal journey, a personal story, right? And uh, you know those. Uh, I think I think people connect with that. We yeah. can really connect with country music on so many different dimensions. You know, yeah. Well, since you brought up the three big artists, I'm going I'm going to ask you um, the same question I did for Alabama and and Oak Ridge Okay, so I got Luke Combs, Chris Stapleton, or Eric Church. Which one? Wow. Yeah. Um, Tough. Wow. That's that. that, You're making this hard for him. (laughs) That is really a killer. Yeah. (laughs) That would be a real killer. Right. You know, I I, I would love to, you know, I I can't pick. To tell you the truth, me neither. It's almost impossible. I cannot pick. Yeah. You know, everyone has their own, um, you know, 
beautiful voice, beautiful lyrics, uh, the music I can mm. really connect with. Um, mm. It's difficult just to pick out one right. uh, that well, yeah, me, in, for, in, in this particular case. yeah. For me, it would be Eric Church because of like sentimental value reasons. So he's my always go-to guy. But Chris Stapleton is, I, I think, is bringing that country to where, to where it should be yeah. now. You know, I mean, you can't deny Chris, you know. And then yeah, all, all of them have written songs that, you know, touches your heart, pulls at your heartstring. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, people just 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 connect with all, all of these three artists. So on, on so many, like I said, so many dimensions and, and music's not just linear. <clears throat> you know, people listen to the same songs and will have a different meaning, a different interpretation, a different time period where they heard it first. Uh, you know, the first love, the first your first car, whatever, driving on a highway mm. um you know people connect with music differently mm. although it's you know it's the same song but they they have different interpretations and, and, and that's the beauty of music right that, yeah. that's really is the beauty of music yeah yeah i would say like chris stapleton i could i could listen to that man sing the telephone book <laughs> like that would be fun right. like i just want to hear him sing beautiful voice and it's just yes but and i don't I know that for me, when I listen to music, I will remember like this was the first place that I was when I heard that song or, you know, like I remember being at this middle school dance when I heard like Ice Ice Baby and we all like danced around to it and we're idiots, you know, because we were. Well, 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 that, well, that's what that's the that's the magic of music. You know, it, it, it connects us with certain time periods, certain events in our life that we cherish. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll, we'll talk a little bit later on, but that, that's the whole thing about when we do music therapy as well. It's sort of a, a form of reminiscent therapy, uh, you know, for a lot of patients with, with dementia because they associate those songs, uh, you know, with different events and they remember them, you know. It's, so it's, um, you know, first dance, first high school dance, whatever. Uh, you know, we, we, we make those connections with, with music that we never, never get rid of. It, it stays in our long-term memory. And it's one of the last uh, sort of bits of, of memory to actually disappear in, in our minds as well. Yeah. Well, before we start with, the, with, the, with your research and, and, and your work with Alzheimer's with music, uh, we have one really fun question for you. Um, how how many concerts have you attended so far, and what and which one are your is your favorite one, and which one is your worst concert you've ever been to? Which which is my favorite song right now? A concert. Concert. Oh God, concert! Wow. Um, geez, I've you know there's a lot of because <laughs> you know when when you have the live experience. You're really putting me on the spot here. You know, when you have the live experience, it's, it's not like listening to a CD or listening to the radio. When you're there physically yeah. in concert, it, it, it's, it, it's again, it's a different dimension, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it, it gives you that connection with the artist. Um, and so, the people around you, I think. Yeah, it, it, yeah it's, 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 the whole, it's the whole atmosphere. You know, when you, when you attend a live concert, um it's amazing it doesn't matter if it's just a you know a small country uh you know church concert that's going on uh you know in a small village or something and just a handful of musicians singing out there it's that connection that that and the vibe and the energy of the people it, it's so much different than, than just mm -hmm. listening to the you know a radio or listening to a cd or something like that um because there's that connectedness that happens with music you know you, you mentioned at the beginning you know, I use music to kind of break down, you know, the beginning of class, especially for you have the first year students coming in. They don't know anybody. There's 150 students sitting in a large classroom. And then you have this prof walks in. They expect to see some old guy, you know, wearing patches on his shoulder, some suit, you know, not a guy wearing uh, jeans and cowboy boots and a Stetson hat pull out a guitar and say, hi, hi I'm Dr. Bartfay, and, you know, welcome to this so-and-so class. And uh, do you mind if I sing a song, you know? And that just breaks the ice. You know, you connect immediately with people, even if they're not into country music, right. it doesn't matter. You know, it just breaks, it just breaks down those barriers. They feel more relaxed. Uh, you know, it, it, there, there's that human connectiveness that happens when it's live, when right. it's live. Um, <clears throat> Well, I, well, I was gonna ask you this, but but since you mentioned it, I'm gonna ask you now, right? Um, 
as we stated in my, uh, I guess you, you said that the atmosphere is, is great whenever you play um, original songs before you get your, um, the, the lecture. Um, right. So, so does, does the, does the, how, how does it fit with your lectures? Do you uh, like, I mean, like, like how, how does it all work? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, um, at the beginning of the term, sometimes I just write a new song or some, some old song, but, um, there, there, there's a connectedness. So, um, you know, uh, my, my dad passed away last year mm. from, um, he had advanced, he had a mini strokes and, uh, unfortunately he had developed advanced heart failure and kidney failure and, and other medical problems. And he had, um, a form of dementia called uh, frontal temporal lobe dementia. There's a hundred different types of dementia, <clears throat> but uh, I used to sing to him in, in hospital. Uh, and then after in a nursing home, he was put into a nursing home. And uh, what's, what's the irony here is this, uh, this nursing home, I used to perform with my cousin and my sister, my cousin, Irene, my sister, Kathy, uh, during Christmas time, we used to put on uh, concerts for these uh, for the seniors and also a lot of veterans. Uh, we like to give back to our community, and you know the seniors during the Christmas holidays and so forth are often neglected. And um, you know we would sing Christmas carols and play some music, and my mom and my aunts would uh, bake some pies and cakes mm -hmm. and cook Christmas cookies for them. So yeah. I really remember that. Right. Um, but you know, singing to my dad. <clears throat> You know, when when he was in that uh, that state where dementia patients are totally disconnected from their environment, you'll see their head down in a wheelchair, and uh, they're uh, they're they're totally disconnected. And I would walk in, and sometimes he wouldn't recognize me, or often, you know, he, he many times he didn't recognize my mom in the later stages as well. And they've been married sixty two years, and this is what happens with dementia. <clears throat> and then I would start singing some old song, and he would. He would look up, you know, and then he would have that smile on his face. Is oh, I remember that campfire. We used to go fishing at the cottage. And this is a song we used to sing fishing. Or this is a song we used to sing, you know, by the campfire with the guitar and everything. You know, you could see his face. He he, he was almost like he's turned on. The, the the switch was turned on. It was off, and then he reconnected with 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 his environment. So that's really really magical. And, uh, you know, my, my very first clinical experience was way back in the 1980s. And I remember there was this senior <clears throat> woman, and her, her daughter was there, and I was reading the patient's chart, and it happened to say that she was a piano teacher and uh, used to teach music and so forth in high school. And um, she had Alzheimer's, which is the most common form of dementia. Mm -hmm. And she was very, very disconnected, just like my dad. And... Uh, um, <clears throat> We put her, she was in a wheelchair and I wheeled her up. There was a common room in the hospital and um, there was an old stand-up piano. And I just took her hands and placed it on a piano. And she felt, when she felt the keys, she, she, she kind of like almost five, six seconds later, she started to play. And it was just like magical. We just turned on that switch again. And her daughter started to cry. She was very emotional. And she played for two hours straight, I swear. And she can just see her face light up. The, the joy was there. She was totally disconnected. And when she touched the keys, it was almost like magic. She mm. came alive again. You know, she woke up. And that's what music does. So when I talk to, you know, my, my, um, my students about dementia, for example, and I tell my own story, you know, you know, my dad developed it. And, you know, here's a song I wrote called uh, There's the Spanish Train. I wrote this song for him. And I tell that story, that clinical story that I, I just yeah. told you about that, that patient and how I reconnected with my dad and how I got actually interested in doing some music, uh, you know, some, uh, some research into music therapy as well. So there's a connection there for him. And there's the Spanish Train. Uh, that particular song, he used to work for the railway. He was a railway man. He was a, a, an engineer. And in Canada, when there was a, he used to, early in his career, he designed a lot of bridges and overpasses. But later on, he was involved with the train safety for the CN, Canadian National Railway. And um, 
every time there was a major accident, they referred to them as uh, a Spanish train incident. That's what they called it. So that was the idea behind the song. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're all connected there, you know? So I, I tell the students, there's an example, uh, you know, how this music, that song was, I got inspired. And then I connect the lecture. We're going to talk about dementia yeah. and, and other, you know, and, and Alzheimer's disease and different types of dementia and so forth. So you have that personal connection and, and, and students can really see that. And I think they appreciate that. Yeah. So that goes to my Okay. Oh yeah. So we got to dive deep in this, um, in this conversation about um, how you got into um, the, the science of, of Alzheimer's. Um, how did you, well, first of all, how did you become interested in the work of Alzheimer's with with music research? And what led you yeah. to the department of that? Yeah, my, um, we have something here called the, the Whitby Ontario Shore Center for uh, uh, Mental Health Sciences, located in Whitby. And when I was working as associate dean, we wanted to um, create this CDU, clinical demonstration unit for students and for patients with dementia, it's a specialized unit to, to look at some research, you know, reminiscent therapy, we did light therapy, and also music therapy. We, we've done some experiments there, uh, basically non-pharmacological interventions. So we're looking for non-drug related, you know, a lot of these drugs have a lot of side effects and so forth. Mm -hmm. And patients with dementia, and I mentioned there's a about 100 different forms of dementia, um, often exhibit something called BPSDs. That's called behavioral and psychological symptoms of dementia. Mm. So it might be aggression. Um, it could be agitation, sundowning, um, and hallucinations and so forth. Um, so with, we're using music as a non-pharmacological way to calm them down. So what yeah. we've done is we, uh, uh, created playlists with their family members and said, what type of genre of music can you, can you give me, you know, a dozen songs, 10 to 12 songs that this individual really liked. And then we did some baseline measures. How often were these DPSDs happening? Mm. And then we had therapy, you know, a few times a week. And we wanted to see how often they required what we call PRN medications to, you know, to calm them down so they don't hurt themselves or hurt other patients and how much nursing and how much nursing care is also involved because, uh, you know, staff and, and every time you have to respond to someone who's aggress aggressive or hallucinating, it takes takes staff time. And what we found, if we compare it to baseline and during uh, music therapy, how many BPSDs and even after as uh, kind of a post test, um, music therapy uh, really significantly uh, decreased uh, the need for medications, for nursing interventions. We did a cost-benefit analysis because what, what we did is um, some patients, you can't put on headphones. Like I can see you're wearing headphones, yeah. but some patients, you can't, you can't touch them, right? right? Because right. they become agitated. Or even if you put a name band right. on them, they'll, they'll try to bite it off and for later stages of dementia. So we had to come up with a way to get the music to them. So we we used this something called parabolic speakers, and and parabolic speakers are you know if you're at a crosswalk, they often have parabolic parabolic uh, uh, speakers there. It means the person standing at the crosswalk can hear it, but if you're over, you don't hear it. So it's very directional sounds. Okay. So this was a way that we used, and they were very cheap speakers. They're about fifty dollars Canadian. But I'm sitting in front, I can hear it, but the person next to me won't, right? So that's the idea behind these parabolic speakers. So we came up with some innovative ways to deliver uh, music, their, their genre, their, their preferences, to calm them down. Um, again, not, not using headphones that you and I would use. Right. Uh, so there were some, always some clinical challenges and how do we overcome that? So we, over, we, over, we, we overcome that particular challenge with these parabolic right. speakers. So, you know, we've, we've uh, documented that music therapy and music therapy, you know, we're only really rediscovering what it is and, and the benefits of it. If we look at, um, uh, you know, we go back 2000 years in ancient Chinese medicine, uh, the symbol for music and happiness, the character, the Chinese character are in fact identical. They, wow. They're identical. Yeah. So if you have music, you're happy. You're happy, you have music. 
And ironically, the symbol for medicine is music or happiness with oh. a little line on top and two extra lines. It means plant because they had herbal plants. Right? Right, so yeah. Chinese medicine, so medicine, oh. music and happiness are all connected. Right? This was like 2000 years ago. Mm. The ancient Greeks used to use it to promote sleep, uh, ease pain. Mm -hmm. uh, you have Hindu healers and, and these yoga masters, uh, indigenous people in North America, uh, use chanting and singing and, and, and drumming, right? R rhythmic drumming. Um, you know, these have been around for a long time, but we, we're just really uh, rediscovering uh, so some of the benefits of music therapy. Now, we know... For example, if you take a patient with Alzheimer's and they're at rest and they're in that sort of state I mentioned, very disconnected from their environment, and you take a, a CT scan of their brain <laughs> or a scan of their brain, it does, there's not a lot of colors happening. There's not a lot of action. And as soon as you play music, it lights up. It just lights up, you know? Um, so we have, you know, growing body of evidence. It's still in its infancy, but we look at these hard indicators like CT scans and dopamine levels and serotonin levels and so forth, how it can benefit patients. And again, it's non-surgical, non-pharmacological. It's relatively <laughs> and cheap to administer. <laughs> um, and you can customize it for each patient, you know? So, so Matt, it sounds like I was kind of curious if there's a specific genre of music or instrument that is more effective than others, but it sounds like it is it really just personalized to the patient? Like what? Yeah. So they so what, connect what most we, with. Yeah. So what we what we've done is we personalized it to the patient's preference. Um, you know, I um, you know I remember this this gentleman too. He was into jazz and blues, and and uh, you know he he likes certain musics and certain um, artists and so forth. And we asked the family what type of records did he did he listen to and so forth. And it was a Jolson was his big guy, Al Jolson. Um, and, you know, for really early, but he really liked Jolson for some reason. And we played Jolson. He was disconnected, you know, sitting there. And when you listen to Jolson, he just went. And then he started to, you know, he, <laughs> nice. he woke up again. It's almost magical. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, we're also looking at something called uh, bioral beat therapy. Um, so, uh okay. What's a bioral beat? Well, everything in this cosmos, everything in the universe has a, a, a certain frequency, a certain beat. So even the earth is 7.35 hertz. Okay? So we're, everything has a certain frequency. And you may have heard of string theory or M theory in physics, mm -hmm. right? Where they take all these um, gravity and electromagnetism and so forth. And they're trying to explain these various forces of nature and, and they believe can be explained using string theory. So everything vibrates, everything moves, everything oscillates uh, in our, in our, um, <clears throat> in our whole entire cosmos. Okay. Uh, even, even the universe, I think it's 735 uh, Hertz, I believe, or something. Every, everything vibrates at a certain uh, frequency. So a, a bioral beat is if I played something like a, if I took a set of headphones and I played on one side uh, a mono oral beat, so at three three ten, and the other side at three hundred hertz, the difference would be ten hertz, right? Three ten minus three hundred three ten minus three hundred is ten hertz. Right. The human ear can't hear ten hertz. We can hear optimal hearing twenty to twenty thousand hertz. So it creates this auditory hallucination. In, in our in our brain and what we're finding now is these uh, bioral beats um, actually uh, might be a benefit to us uh, because it it changes how we think it changes our our different waves and there's beta and theta and alpha waves mm -hmm. and so forth but it, it can be used to increase serotonin levels and dopamine levels uh, as well um, it was first described back in 1839 by a guy called uh, uh, Heinrich Wilhelm Dove. He was a meteorologist and a physician. He didn't have a, um, earphones back then, but he had tuning forks. So he was really the first one to experiment with this. Uh, but the real first paper was in 1973 only. Um, it was published 
excuse me, it was published in by a guy called uh, Gerald Oster. In, in, uh, he was a biophysicist in Scientific American. And he said it might be a, a great tool, um, you know, as a potential diagnostic tool for a lot of neurological disorders, uh, such as uh, Parkinson's disease as well, because we can alter the state of our mind with these different frequencies. So you see some Buddhist monks, for example, they can lower their blood pressure, you know, get rid of hypertension and so forth. And some people with insomnia are using it. Uh, there is some preliminary studies with viral um, beats as well, um, having benefit with uh, controlling schiz uh, uh, you know, hallucinations with patients with, with schizophrenia. And again, these are all non-invasive non uh, sort of interventions. So if we play a, a bi bioral beat is played over time, um, it can synchronize with your brain waves and it can alter your brain activity and different levels of arousal is also. So there's, there's music therapy, there's there's bioral beat therapy, um, different things that we're, we're looking into. And uh, all of these has huge clinical implications, but we're only in the infancy. You know, we're, we're only starting to rediscover some of the benefits of, of using music for, for medicine, if you want, yeah. And, and I, I also got one more question about the, the music therapy, if you don't mind. Um, I, I told my friend that you were coming on and, and, and what you do with the, um, the music therapy, and she was so excited. Her mom mm -hmm. wants to know, um, does it help at a specific time of day? Because apparently there's a there's an effect called sundowners that is worse in the late late in the day, and she wants yeah, to know. Yeah, I, I, yeah. right. I, I mentioned uh, BPSDs, yeah. behavioral and psychological symptoms of dementia, and one of the um, uh, classical kind of BPSDs is sun, sundowning. I did mention it. So mm -hmm. yes, it does help to control sundowning. Um, have tends to happen in the evening hours. So if you know when these things are 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 predictable or they certainly they follow certain patterns in certain patients, then you can do this non-pharmacological intervention. You know, you, you can you can use music therapy to uh, to get them reconnected, to calm them down, take away anxiety and stress. Um, you know, use. Music affects us even if we're not patients with dementia. We're driving in the car and one of our songs come on. We're, we're you know, we're we're singing along, we're tapping, we're we're doing everything. We're we're on the dance floor and you know, some honky tonk song comes on. I mean, you you know, it's just you want to move, you want to dance, you know, and and uh this is what music does. It 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 affects us, it, it changes how we feel, how we want to move uh, as well. So uh could it be a benefit? I I would I would say you know give it a try. <laughs> Certainly give I mean, it a try. Yeah. I, I have a question about the the binaural beats. I think yeah is what you said. I have ADHD, and so I often mm -hmm. find that like the eight D music or you know it, it's almost like surround sound in your headphones. Mm -hmm. It helps me concentrate. Is that the same sort of thing as what you're talking about? Yeah. I'm just yeah, trying cause, to yeah because uh, well binaural beats sometimes you can. Um, it, it, it creates auditory hallucinations in the brain because some of these frequencies we cannot detect with the human ear. So you have one going on one side, I mentioned 310, mm -hmm. 300 on the other side, going down to 10 Hertz. We cannot hear, we're not, unless we're right. a, you know, hound dog or something, you're not going to hear 10 Hertz. You know? so, uh, but it creates that auditory uh, illusion in our brain that we're hearing it. And um, it helps, you know, we have these different waves. We have uh Delta, theta, alpha, beta, and gamma wave, waves. There's basically five different ones, and each of them have different hertz. You know, like the deltas one to four, that's for things like deep sleep, pain relief. Um, okay. It decreases cortisol, those stress hormones. It really decreases, uh, you know, increases healing. Um, uh, when you get into the theta waves, the four to eight hertz, that's for REM, rapid eye movement sleep deep re relaxation, creativity, when people are meditating. Uh, the alpha is when you're concentrating, you're thinking, uh, accelerated cognition and learning. Uh, beta is 14 to uh, 30 hertz. Uh, it's, it's, you're there, like high levels of cognition, uh, analytical thinking, problem solving, uh, lots of energy, lots of action. And then gamma's like 330 to 100 hertz, sorry. 
it's a really high, super high level of information processing, uh, memory recall, peak awareness, um, all, almost these uh, transcend, uh, you know, when you're transcending these various states and by monks and so forth, they go into these higher dimensions, they're in the gamma ray kind of area. So uh, again, uh, we're just beginning to look at these and, 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 and examine them. Um, but you know that if you put on a piece of music, you know, your, your blood pressure will, will go down. You'll feel more relaxed with certain pieces mm -hmm. of music that you enjoy listening to. Um, you know, it just puts you in a better mood and so forth. Uh, so it's, it's a wonderful, cost-effective, non-invasive, uh, you know, medium that we should, you know, examine more and do, do more research on. Again, you know, the Chi ancient Chinese had it right. The ancient Greeks had it right. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're just coming back to that and understanding now, you know, and, and, and using it clinically, you know, in hospitals and, and so forth, start to use it uh, clinically. Well, I always go, well, you're right, because the music is is so so moving too, because you're right, it, it does heal. Um, like, I always go to music any day of, you know, if I'm happy and sad, from upset, stress, you know, I always listen to Eric Church's um, Talladega, the song Talladega, because it always mm -hmm. makes me cry, and I'm not sure mm -hmm. why, you know. But, yeah, but it, it, it lifts you up in bad moods. It brings back memories to good, good memories, possibly even bad memories. You know, I mean, it can be, you know, good and bad at times. Absolutely, but, yeah. I mean, yeah, but that's it, you know. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. So th thank you very much for all that information. But mm -hmm. I want to learn about you more now. Um, okay, so where were you when you found out that you were on the Euro Indie Music Charts? Oh, well, it, it started about nine months ago. Okay, that is, okay so I started new. to, uh, uh, I started to, I started, I, well, I, I um, during COVID, right. <laughs> there was lockdown okay. here in Canada. Yep, here too. And I had an old six string guitar mm. um, that I got when I was 14. Nice. Uh, I couldn't afford a guitar until I was 14. And what I did is I, uh, I did odd jobs, uh, you know, working in my uncle's garage, pumping gas, chain, doing, fixing flat tires and oil, cutting grass, shoveling snow in the winter here in Canada, anything I can make some money. Um, I, w I got, went to a secondhand store, got this old guitar for 50 bucks, still have it. <laughs> Uh, it's an old six string, an old country guitar, country western guitar. Change the strings, change the pegs, put put a pickup inside of it. Anyway, during COVID, I saw my old guitar guitar sitting there collecting dust. I decided to dust it off, start to write songs again. I uh, I, I connected with a guy on Facebook, Stephen Wrench from Music and uh, Film. He was in Nashville, Tennessee. He's done lots of platinum. Uh, albums. He's uh, worked on the soundtrack for the Sylvester Stallone's Rocky picture, Eye mm, of the Tiger. Yes. <laughs> Great. Um, so, anyways, I connected with him on Facebook, <laughs> and uh, he said, "I'll send me a couple of your songs." And uh, um, I, I sent him something. He liked it. We decided to, uh, you know, record it and polish it up up in his uh, studio there, and. Uh, it started and that that particular song was called um she's the boss from hell <laughs> <laughs> which was an old boss that i had <laughs> okay. and uh i've done four songs with him to date <laughs> yeah. so um she's the boss from hell uh friday night and uh well three come together my my latest one right and um ball and chain is the other one we did with them and and, and all four of them um, you know, thanks to uh, Stephen and uh, Wayne Wayne Killis. Uh, these these guys are amazing. Um, uh, you know, Matt managed to get it on some uh, on some uh, FM and Indian radio stations, and it was very well received. People connected with my lyrics and music. Um, so that's when I started to chart about nine nine months ago. And it was really really exciting. You know, when you you hear your own uh, voice on the radio and so forth for the first time, it was. Uh, uh, that, that was really nice. Uh, so uh, I'm kind of a neophyte in the business, so to speak. Um, <laughs> I'm taking, yeah. So, you know, uh, I've only been in this, like, I, I would say officially nine months, uh, you know, in my youth, uh, I used to play in coffee houses and things like that. 
um, when I was going to uh, college with a friend of mine from high school, Danny Arsenault, and we used to play in coffee houses just for a free lunch or a meal or uh, just to impress a couple of girls and things like that. That's what we used to do. <laughs> right. I was, I was about <laughs> yeah. to, to say, like, so you got your, your real first six string. I don't know if it was the summer of 69, but um, <laughs> I was like, that's what was going on in my head. So I was going to say, like, Ad- you yeah. know, what kind of bands yeah, were well, you in? Well, literally, and- just this, like, you know, Brian Adams, a Canadian, he's saying, you know, he played it till his fingers bled. And I, I did too, literally. And, uh, you know, out in the shack, out outside, went outside and just, and I, I, didn't, I didn't take any lessons. I just took out a couple of books from uh, the library. And this is how you do a C chord and G chord and whatever. And that sounds right, you know. But um, I also played the accordion and keyboard and trombone and band. So I played a, a lot of instruments, but no master of any instrument. So, sure. so really, you're the jack of all trades. Just, really. just a, yeah, kind of a jack of all types of trades. Yeah, I, you know, I, I. I I can pick the guitar, I can strum it, I can beat a drum, <laughs> yeah. but I, I'm, I'm not a master at any, you know, so a, l- a little bit of everything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so so the, oh, yeah. sorry, Jay, I was going to say, like, you said coffee houses, were there ever like big bands with, you know, a drummer and, a, you know, and a club or was it all just those, you know, intimate? Well, just, well, yeah, I just kind of very intimate kind of coffee houses in Montreal and, and college uh, sort of uh, little uh, cafes and things like that. Uh, so two of us. So we had basically uh, uh, two guitars and a drum machine, a couple mics, and uh, we would take requests from the audience. We, we would have a certain, you know, uh, X number of songs that, that we would uh, we would we would go through and then we would ask them, you know, the audience and so forth. And uh, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. We, we weren't really doing it for, um, you know, the money or anything like that. It, it, it was a fun thing to do. We really enjoyed it. And in between classes and uh, the way to de-stress, uh, that's what we did. We played music. I mean, that, that's what I did to de-stress. I used to, you know, play music. And and sometimes, uh, so you, even, yeah, even now, like you pick up a guitar or something, you know, by a campfire, and you look at the time. Oh God, you've been playing for four hours. <laughs> you know, like four <laughs> hours have gone like that, and people just sitting around the campfire, and you just, you know, sometimes you're just playing some chords or whatever progressions. You're not even singing. You're just playing and you, you look at the time and it's one o'clock or two o'clock in the morning already you know and it's yeah it's time so, it, it so just you, yeah. you used music well before you were doing any studying on it oh yeah, on the benefits yeah, of yeah. it for benefits for yourself oh, oh that stress relief yeah, yeah. like i mentioned i really got it in into kind of looking at it empirically or clinically looking at it uh, when my dad started to um you know, he developed frontal temporal dementia. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, it was, it was tough for my mom. And, uh, you know, my, my, you know, he, he, and like I mentioned, he was in the same nursing home, ironically, he ended up that we used to do Christmas concerts with. Um, so the whole wheel of life just goes around like this, right? It just goes around, right? So, um, uh, you know, that was... Uh, I really enjoyed doing those Christmas concerts and so forth when, you know, in my youth. And, uh, and I know my dad liked to sing certain songs and uh, I, you know, I just had that idea. Why don't, why don't we try singing a song, see if he connects and any, we connected right away. And then I came intrigued and started to do a little bit of research and reading on it. And uh, you know, how the ancient Chinese medicine, just the characters and symbols and, and different cultures and use music, the indigenous people use music and rhythms and so forth for healing purposes. And uh, I was intrigued. And then, uh, you know, to get the clinical validation, you have to conduct, you know, proper studies and so forth, mm-hmm. um, you know, which was peer reviewed. And uh, uh, we had peer reviewed publications on it and so forth. Um, uh, but but it, it shows it shows great promise. You know, it, it, it really does uh, show great, uh, great potential, great, uh, great promise. And again, it's non-invasive. It's cost-effective. Um, you know, it can help. It helps with staffing as well because staff is really short. Mm-hmm. Um, so nursing time and, and personal support workers and so forth when they're dealing with an outbreak, uh, not an outbreak, uh, an outbreak of behavior in this case, uh, where a person might hurt themselves or hurt others or you know very distressed. That takes a lot of time. Um, so if you can either prevent it or do it as an intervention during that crisis, uh, you know, it has, it has potential. So that's something to look into. Yeah, for sure. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. 
I'm oh I'm sorry. You and you work in like the public or your your education, your specialty is public health. Is that correct? Yeah, so, yeah, I, I actually yeah, I actually teach public health and epidemiology. So uh so, uh, so and and it, I think you know Alzheimer's and dementia is a public health issue, right? It costs a lot of money. So oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And the thing about it, um, dementia now, we have aging populations around the world, not, not just here in North America, but you look at Europe, mm-hmm. you look at the Japanese, Korean, Australia, doesn't matter where you go. Um, you know, one in one in four of us now in Canada is, is already over the age of 60, uh, 25% of our population, you know, so we have 40 million Canadians currently, a little over 40 now, we just broke it uh, this this summer. Uh, but if you consider those over, you know, 60 years of age, uh, you know, there, there is a, a huge, it's just, dementia is just going like this because of aging. Um, you know, we, we don't know all of the causes yet. We're still trying to figure that out. Uh, there is no cure. But we, what we want to maintain for as long as possible is for patients and their families some quality of life. You know, it's, right. it, it's about their quality of life and, and dignity to give them dignity and irregardless what type of patient you have though th- those are for me the most important thing uh we not not so much cure because there's there's no cure um it, it's like you have a stroke you can't cure a stroke you've had that stroke your, your part of your brain is dead or if you had a heart attack you can't cure a heart attack that part of your heart is heart muscle is dead but we can look at prevention, we can look at, you know, moving forward rehab, we can look at in terms of improving their quality of life. Um, and, and, and I think music, you know, has a huge, a huge role to play. Yeah. So I'm looking at Apple Music right now, and, and at least 10 of your singles is out right now. Are there any plans for a full-length album pretty soon? Yeah, yeah, actually, absolutely. I'm working on one, it's called Timeless. I am, uh, I, I got another, I think I'm looking for another four songs. Okay. I, I, uh, I, I've written one more. I, I just have to record it properly. Um, so I, I, I like to do as many of the instrumentals, uh, myself. Sometimes I'll get, uh, uh, uh Stephen, uh, Wrench and Wayne Killis, you know, to have a band to fix it up, but sometimes it's my own, um, I have a little recording studio uh, in my basement that I set up um, and uh, he was telling me there's a little bit of echo, a little bit of echo in the room. So what I've been doing is I actually converted a walk-in closet, uh, you know, with, with, uh, for, for doing the sound recordings and I padded the walls and so forth, but I have to get the timing right because in that walk-in closet in the basement, there's also a hot water tank. <laughs> so it fires up <laughs> once in a while as well, you know. So, <laughs> so I got to get the timing right. Um, yeah, but I, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll record the vocals and they'll, they'll mix it down for me. So I'm planning to work with them yeah, for, for for a complete album, absolutely. But it, it'll be called Timeless. Yeah, Timeless, awesome, awesome. So two of our favorite songs from your catalog right now is uh, Mulberry Hill Gal and uh, mm-hmm. Three Come Together. Mm-hmm. So I, I I feel like this is with personal experiences. Is that how you write the songs? I mean, do you do you read uh, them? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. They, okay. they they all have personal connections, uh, personal stories uh, for me. Uh, you know, I, I'm not 16 anymore. <laughs> I, I've been around a little bit life experience, and I think that's good for an artist. You know, it's I, I think it's really good for an artist because. You know, we all have a lot of scars and so forth. Um, We do. And there's nothing wrong with that. We've all learned. We've all moved on as humans. Um, And, you know, sometimes do what can inspire me. Sometimes it could be a, you know, an apple pie, smell of an apple pie. Reminds me of my mom or something or the country or perfume or, uh, you know, driving on a nice country road or something. And sun's just going down and it has that beautiful sunset. So, you know, that could be the inspiration. Oh, I remember something. And I always carry a little notepad around with me and I start writing it down. And for me, it's not the lyrics and the music are separate. To me, it just happens together. Okay. And, uh, you know, I'll quickly write down, okay, I think this should be in a D or a G chord or something. I'll quickly write it down. 
um, you know, so I don't forget it. So I, I always carry around a little notepad with me. <laughs> so that's what that's the way I, I I do it for the creative process. Yeah. All right. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, well, we do have two more questions on this. I, I mean, it has has one more something on that. Well. Yeah. I just, as we you were talking, I looked up and I have a bottle of whiskey on my desk that <laughs> I, um, and it made me think of, you know, whiskey and a cold beer. And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, I'm, <laughs> yeah, because the song is like, about oh, whiskey. Yeah, because the yeah. song is about coming home from a hard day where your boss is on you constantly and everything. You just want to come home to whiskey, beer, <laughs> and a pretty lady. That's it. Right. You got me. Right? You were the man, Amanda. But you know, I mean, it's it's a simple stuff, you know. It's a simple yeah, stuff. you know, I just, it's a fun thinking. song. Yeah, it's, well, three come together is a fun song. It's uh, you know, it's 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 lighthearted. It, you know, tells a story of uh, of a guy who seems to have everything going uh, kind of bad for him during the day. You know, his boss. Uh, boss is a jerk. Down, yeah. <laughs> you know, he gets a flat tire. You yeah. know, on his truck. Uh, you know, his uh, his cottage roof is leaking. Uh, Everything you know, he has a boat on a river, but it's it won't it, it's it's it won't yeah. float, right? So, but it doesn't matter as long as he has three magical things. If he has you know, whiskey, cold beer, and a pretty woman on his mind, they come together. That's it, life gets better. That's right? all you need, yeah. and, and music, of course, right? We can't forget about music. So, all right, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's that all the things you need in a country song. Right, except for <laughs> yeah, yeah. A, bro right. What, a broke down truck and a <laughs> and, and the dog ran away. And it's so true, isn't it? Yeah. It's like everything's yeah. going bad, and this yeah. you just need a whiskey um, and a cold beer. Yes, it's um, I was, man, there was a question that I had in my head, but it it just evaporated. Oh, so <laughs> I'll come back to it. Okay, when it, it re-enters. Mm -hmm. But James, what I feel like you were about to ask another question yeah. too. Yeah, so you are. Pretty new to this environment, meaning musical career. Um, do you have mm -hmm. any advice for beginners? Because the, the the music industry is rough, hard, and I'll take you down with it with an instant of snapping the fingers. I've been, you know, I've been told I've been doing this for three years. Yeah. It's well, hard. well, absolutely. Yeah. Well, well, you know, you, you look at what's happening. You go to Spotify or you know iTunes or whatever platform, SoundCloud. There are so many uploads every day, or even YouTube. So so many uploads and and there's so many great songs that no one's listening to. Right. And uh, you know it's kind of a shame. Yeah, um, is, you know, I, like I said, I, I'm a neophyte, but um, I think that's what really helped me is to get connected with someone who's been in the business for 40 years, knows knows the ropes, and will give you an honest feedback. You know, uh, if if I send something to uh, Stephen Wrench down in Nashville, uh, music and film, or, or Wayne Killis, and they'll say. Mm -hmm. You know, what do you think of this song? You know, I'll get an honest opinion. Um, you know, he, he knows his stuff. He he he's a Grammy judge uh, yeah. as, as well. He's he's a Grammy judge, and he'll say, "I think this one has potential," or, or "This one, forget about it." Let, let, you know, just forget about it. Um, but having good quality recordings, you know, a lot of art artists try to do everything themselves, and you just can't. You know, I have a home studio. I recognize. I have bought some better mics and so forth and mixers. But there's only I, I'm not a sound engineer. I don't want to pretend to be everything. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you need help. Um, don't be afraid to ask. And another thing uh, is, you know, there's lots of social media and, and I'm connected with a lot of artists out there. And, you know, we'll bounce ideas off each other and they're really good. You know, uh, you know, I have a, 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 about a dozen people I'm, I'm quite close with on different platforms. And they'll send me something. I'll, I'll tell them my honest opinion, not just I like everything, but I'll say, you know, this is too slow or this is too fast or your lyrics are a little bit off. You know, that that constructive criticism, don't be afraid to get mm -hmm. constructive criticism. Yes. That's what makes us better as an artist, you know, and they'll say, wow, when you you know, when you tune your guitar, I don't know how you tune it, but it's out of tune. There's <laughs> one, you know, little things like that. You don't right. even notice. Right. Yeah. Um, or wow, you really like to, you know, when you strum it, it's overpowering, you know, uh, or something, your picking is overpowering or whatever, um, you know, how, how you deliver your vocals and so forth, you know, get that constructive, don't, don't take it as something negative, take it as something that you can learn, learn, learn from. So, you know, social media is great for that. Connect with us, with some, uh, some other artists, some other indie artists, uh, you know, 
different levels in their career. Um, people, you know, what a nice things about really nice thing about musicians and artists um, is they're willing to share. That's what I've noticed. They're willing to share and give their time, uh, which which to me is a fantastic community. It's not like the business community or something. You're asking someone to help you with your business. No one wants to help you. Right. But in music, <laughs> somehow there, there's that that collegial sort of you know. Yeah, I like your song. Um, even if it's not my genre, I might listen to something that's not my genre or something. And, you know, you say, well, it's a little bit monotonous or something or whatever. Uh, you know, you give that that feedback and people are willing to do it. And and, and musicians are like that. They they're they're artists and and they want to uh you know help help others. That's what I'm finding. It's a, a real supportive community. Um and you know. I I often talk about mental health that a community and that connection is crucial to our mental well-being Absolutely, and yeah. here's another sign of like being connected and using the people around you in a way of asking for help or being curious with them um yeah is is powerful yeah and and, and community here is really global like for musicians, like I connected people with South Africa, Australia, UK, the States, Ireland, like, I mean, Italy, all, you know, all over the world, Tokyo, Japan, uh, Hong Kong, you know, I have connections with different artists around the world, which is really, really cool, you know, re really unique. Um, and not just, you know, Oshawa community, where I live, sort of thing. Right. It's, uh, it's, it's a global community. Our, our, you know, our musicians and artists are, it's really a global community, I, I would say. Yeah. That is one of the great things, right, about the internet is that we hear things, connect with people that 30 years ago we never would have even known existed. Absolutely. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. I, I love that. I love that. that we're it's we're a, connecting now over the internet too. You right. Know, like 30 years like ago, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm, yeah. yeah, I'm in Texas. <laughs> You're in Canada. <laughs> yeah. You were like, different countries and on the phone. Yeah. That's right. Computer. Yeah. yeah. And we'll pretty awesome. Right, yeah. And we're interacting real time, isn't it? Yeah. 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 It's awesome. It's awesome. So I did think of another question and then I, did, I do have my uh, last question for you. Um, okay. So, since I have you here and since you deal with musical therapy in the, in the brain, can you tell me essentially, like when I hear Eric Church's Talladega Nights, Talladega, I seem to want to cry like hardcore style, you know? Do you know why that is? Because uh, there's nothing about that song that reminds me of anything. It's just Talladega, mm -hmm. you know, the, uh, the, like, the NASCAR things. I don't know for some, but for some reason I just want to ball my eyes out after I hear that song. Do you know why? Or like, yeah. can you? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, 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 there's certain tones and frequencies that really connect uh, in in the human mind, mm. and uh, you know, certain pieces of music that make people very emotional. If you listen to Patchable's Canon, classical piece of music, or or Box Brandenburg Concertos, I'm just using classical music because yeah. it's so yeah. different from from country, right? Right. And even if you're not into classical and you and you hear a certain piece, uh, you know, Patchable's canon, da 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 you know, and, and it people just stop and they take a deep breath and they open up and you know, and for a lot of people they become very emotional. Yeah. And you know, if there's certain frequencies that just works for us, that really connects for us personally and i think that's what's happening in, in your case you have a certain frequency certain tones that are very pleasant uh to your uh to your your cognitive processes that it connects right that there's a connection there it's yeah. chemistry right? right and physics and you know string theory and everything and all those all those things in the cosmos there there's a cosmic connection that happens for you and and that, that's where we feel emotion, you know? Yeah. Well, or thanks. if you like dancing, or if you like singing, yeah. or if you feel angry, right. or yeah, well, for the song, yeah. Well, thank you for yeah. the explanation. Your emotions, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you for the explanation, because I'm like, I have no connection mm -hmm. to, the, connection to the lyrics, to the, to the uh, so thank you for that, because I've always wondered why. I'm, I'm always breaking down when I hear songs from Chris Lapleton, uh The Dead Ditch, or, yeah. or, or Eric Church, so thank you for that. Sir. Thank you for that. 
one more song and then yeah we're gonna... just remember everything everything in our yeah i'm just saying everything in our cosmos as i said vibrates oscillates has a certain frequency right so we just need to connect with that right so yeah mm-hmm. nice nice well we do have one more question for you and then and then we'll let you go um, and mm-hmm. I, I and I always ask this question, and I'm not sure if um, Amanda's familiar with this last question, but uh, um, is there one song, artist, or album that you can hear that makes you so emotional you can't tell anybody about how how it makes you feel deep inside your soul? Wow, a yeah. single artist would be uh, very, very, uh, very, very, very difficult. But uh, I'm going to go with the Canadian Gordon Lightfoot. Okay. Um, uh, Gordon Lightfoot, uh, you know, he he's a country folk singer, passed away, unfortunately, just, you know, this this year. Um, his his songs resonate because it really tells the Canadian story. Mm-hmm. Um, and he uh, I saw him in concert uh, a few times live in Montreal and in Toronto as well. And uh, there's a certain connectedness, you know, like the record director, Edmund Fitzgerald. Uh, for me, when I hear the record, the record of the Edmund Fitzgerald, my, my my friend Danny and I used to play that song in coffee houses, and um, you know it it uh, it tells about the loss of twenty six uh, mariners, and um, you know when the gales in November came early, uh, Lake Superior, and uh, you know that, that that song always touches me. Um, it's very emotional. It's it's a tribute. Uh, you know, to 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 the the families that survived, he wanted to give something back, and I think that's why it touches me so much because it's not just a song um, out there. He he wrote it uh, because that tragic that that maritime uh, disaster that happened uh, when the gales of November came early, and the record Edmund Fitzgerald went went down, and twenty six mariners lost their lives. You know, on the bells told told twenty six times. Yeah. It really was a tribute, you know, to to those brave uh, men and women who are on 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 that vessel, and and their families. It, it was it was to honor their legacy and a way to honor through music. And I thought that was very touching, you know, to to honor honor the families. And that's why when I hear the record of Fitzgerald, it, it 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 you know it's very emotional for me, like like Eric Church's song for you. Yeah. Well, thank you for, so much for coming on. And I and Amanda, did you remember the question or? No, I oh, didn't. Okay. But I think oh, I, no. it, they'll, they'll they'll leave me. I, it'll come back to me as soon as we hang up. And I'll yeah. be like, oh, but you know, it's well. I so I do. I think I just I mentioned I have ADHD. And why is it that I find listening to music help me focus on other tasks? Like, so what? Is, I don't know if you know or not, yeah, but, but I'm curious. Yeah, like, well, why? So what mentioned- is that? Yeah, well, it, it could be that there are some bioral beats happening. Remember, I mentioned there was the de- delta and theta and alpha and beta, mm-hmm. and yeah. right? So you're you're probably you know in your alpha or beta kind of hertz frequencies, listening to certain tones and so forth, and and these are the ones that really you know decrease your anxiety, right? It gets you thinking. Mm-hmm. It, it, it focuses your, so, so alpha will decrease your stress. You'll feel you know, relaxed, positive thinking. You can learn, you can accelerate learning and cognition with the beta 14 to 30 Hertz or so you have really focused attention, high level cognition or thinking, analytical thinking, problem solving, energy actions, you know? So you're probably listening to some frequencies uh, that are uh, yeah. bioral in nature and really affecting those and and making you feel, you know, taking away your anxiety and stress and so forth and helping you concentrate. And and people, you know, have reported helps them to sleep. There are certain sounds, mm-hmm. um, you know, people listen to nature sounds like running water and, uh, you know, wind and so forth. They have certain frequencies that are very uh, calming, right? So um, uh, you have to find what, you know, what, what sort of sounds or music and so forth really helps you or which artists songs, there might be a certain song you're feeling stressed. You listen to that song, you feel so much better. And, you know, you didn't have to take a medication or anything. You just listen to that song, you know, it played for three and right. a half, four, four minutes. And after four minutes, you're already, whew, yeah, I, right. Yeah, my stress has just gone like this. Right. Yeah. yeah. And you're focused. 
and your head is clear and everything else, right? Yeah. That's the magic of, of music, right? Yeah, exactly. The medicine of music. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Magic and medicine of music. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, so cool. like thank I you. said before, yeah. Um, like I said before, we thank you so much for coming on. And um, can you tell our listeners where to find you, where to find your music, and 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 because um, I I try to look for your website. Do you have like like a website now? Yeah, yeah, I have a website. I I I could send it to you. It's probably easier. Okay. Uh, I I could send you the links, but I'm on every single you name the social media, I'm okay. on it. So basically, okay. if you punch in my name, Wally Bartfay Music. Or Wally Bartfay lectures. My lectures are up there too. Some of right. my lectures. Um, but uh, if you punch in Wally Bartfay music, you know you'll see me on SoundCloud and Spotify and Apple and you name it, Facebook and TikTok and everything else. I, I'm on all of them. So Instagram, I'm on everything. And, so just, and yeah. if you Google him, he shows up on Rate My Professor, and he has amazing <laughs> ratings there. So nice. yes, just. Probably means he's a pretty darn good professor in a class that if you're around, you might want to well, check maybe, out. Maybe you just like my maybe you just like my singing. That's all. <laughs> hey, most of them said they take your class again and that you know they so there you go. They enjoyed it. So just you know, I think that speaks a lot. Whatever people like their professors, it always says a lot about the person, I think, the professor. So yeah. I I appreciate that. And thank you for the feedback on why music helps um, our brains yeah because i always <laughs> wondered why I, why I cry and everything and i didn't know and now i know so thank you for that yeah so yeah so we uh, we want you to come back as soon as you can um we love you and uh we thank you very much for coming on and to everybody it's my so honor it's my honor to be here thank you thank you so much for having me and uh, you know keep listening to music and always, music is always. healing and uh, you know it's spiritual. It uh, it's metaphysical. It, it connects us with our cosmos. Um, you know, just enjoy music, everyone. You know, it, it connects us and and uh, globally. You know, it's it's music is healing. Music is medicine. Music is magic. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. So, to our, all of our listeners, always remember when words fail, music speaks. Thanks, guys. Bye.